Welcome to the Show Me Education podcast. Join us as we share best practices and show you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. The mission of the Show Me Education podcast is to share stories that resonate with you and allow you to walk away feeling energized and inspired to improve education in your own community. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the learning. Well, hello there, Show Me Education podcast listeners. Welcome into another episode of your favorite podcast. Well, at least, I hope it's your favorite. This is episode 30. It has been a while, so thank you for sticking with us. Sorry that uh, we have not been more um, uh, on track with our content. Schools are on fire and our schedules have been pretty crazy. So, you know, we apologize, but I'm excited to give you this episode. It's one that I've been working on for quite some time. Our schedules uh, between me and our guests have just been bouncing off each other and things kept happening and it's just been crazy. So luckily, I was finally able to sit down and connect with these two guests and provide this content for you. So before we get into it, I want to remind you to connect with us on social media at Show Me Education. The show notes will be in your podcast feed. More information about our guests will be located in that show notes. And then you can also find our information on our website at bit.ly slash showmeedu. So today's topic is all about engaging parents, the community, into your school and it's called the parent camp model and we've got two guests julie pyle and laura gilchrist and let me tell you a little bit about them uh they're gonna tell you a little bit more about themselves when they get on but let's first try to go into a little bit of background fair so julie pyle first became engaged in her child's school when her daughter was in kindergarten uh, the PTA was looking for help with their websites. She had just completed an overhaul of her employer's website and felt she can contribute her talents. In that, she f- was a full-time working mom and the website could be done outside of school hours. It was a way she could help without being physically present at the school. Uh, throughout those first years of attending PTA meetings, she felt she was not part of the in-crowd and it was sure other parents felt the same. Uh, She was determined to make a difference and make it so that all parents, families, felt welcomed at PTA meetings and functions. And so that's a little bit about Julie and kind of where she came from. Laura Gilchrist is a teacher turned consultant who was on a mission as parent camp vice president to teach every family school community how to come together in joyful connection and collaboration as one team, one ecosystem for kids. The big goal is family, school, community integration, and nationwide research about the impact of family, school, community, collective efficacy. Laura is passionate about teachers and teacher agency. She loves working with them, and they love working with her. As CEO of Kid Champions Consulting, Laura helps teachers and schools humanize and transform teaching and learning, whether it's face-to-face or virtual. More information is available on their website at parentcamp.org. So if you want to learn more about them, that is the short version uh, of them. So I'm excited to sit down and chat with them. It's an amazing organization. 
I, it's awesome. I can't wait for you to listen to it. So, just a reminder, you can connect with me, Jonathan Lee, at percent, and, again, the show at ShowMeEDU. So, let's get right into our content and my conversation with Julie Pyle and Laura Gilchrist. Enjoy. Hello there, Show Me Education listeners. Jonathan Lee, member of the core team here. I want to ask a favor uh, from you real quick. Get out your calendar or open up your calendar if it's digital. Look at March 29th. What are you doing that day? Nothing? Something? Cancel it. You should come down to the Innovate 23 conference in St. Louis, Missouri. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be at the Armory STL, which is the newest entertainment venue in downtown St. Louis. It's a space like in unlike any other. We're going to have awesome sessions, unlike anyone you've had before. 30-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute sessions, all around discussions, experiences, and time to work with experts to take Begin building and creating stuff to take back to your school. It's going to be amazing. You should be there. Go to edplus.org for more information or reach out to me. I'll be glad to help. All right. Welcome, everybody, into the main content of this episode. I'm excited to have two awesome guests with us. Uh, I mentioned them in the opening Julie Pyle and Laura Gilchrist here from Paracamp. Welcome you two to the episode to the podcast. Thank you very much. That, so thanks. You. Thank you, Jonathan. We're yeah, excited awesome. to be here and can't wait to chat. Great, great. So uh, in the opening, I did kind of go through your, both your bios, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of add anything or um, you know, uh, and that's that's not my voice, your voice telling the audience a little bit more about who you are. Uh, so then get to know you before we get started today. How about Julie? You get started. Sure. So I am president of Parent Camp, and our titles are just kind of titles because we have to like business wise have titles, but we're really we're we're both the co-creators of, of Parent Camp. So I'm the parent side of the house and I've been engaged, involved parent since my daughter was in kindergarten. And my passion is uh, connecting and curating and uh, building this wonderful ecosystem for our schools for our teachers and our kids to bring everything together because we all have, just have so much to give hmm, so beautiful. Uh, my name is Laura Gilchrist and I'm vice president of parent camp and I'm the teacher side of the house I taught for uh, 20, 20 years and was an instructional coach for three um, most of the time I taught in North Kansas City shout out to NKC uh, and middle school. So that, you know, if that tells you anything right there. Um, <laughs> um, my passion, I work, I actually work with teachers and then, and then in parent camp, the focus is really, um, you know, breaking down those, those barriers between us so that the, the, the uh, environment around kids is filled with adults who are connected to each other. Um, that, you know, with, with trust. And uh, so that's, that's what we do at parent camp and, and that's our mission. That's awesome. And so the, the topic, obviously, if you haven't gotten it yet, is, is transforming that family school community using this parent camp model. And so I brought the president and co-president, vice president uh, of parent camp to kind of explain 
what it is and what the benefits are. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of, I, as I've been getting to talk with them over the last couple of years, I've known Laura for quite a while. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of share what I've learned uh, and continue to learn with them, with you all today. So let's just start with um, the basics. Uh, what is parent camp and where did, how did it come about? Well, to kind of talk about parent camp, we're going to go back and talk a little bit about what traditional family engagement is. And then we'll I'll flip it over to Laura to talk about the parent camp model, which is transformational. So I can relate to the traditional very well because I used to be a school board member. Um, traditional family engagement is where typically the educators, not by their choice, pick a topic. They pick a time and a place and say, we think parents need to know about this. And so parents attend, they sit in rows. We're kind of like looking at the front of the room. There ends up being a big power differential because you have the people in the front um, kind of having the power, all the responsibility. The people sitting in the audience are like, I'm just kind of here existing. Maybe I'll get to share a thought or something. Um, and they're relegated to the questions at the end. And so by design, traditional family engagement doesn't build the connection. We go to an event, we sit, listen, and then we might connect with somebody maybe on the way out as we're chit-chatting. But everybody thrives on connection. That's one of our basic things as being human beings. We need to connect. Um, and so Laura and I were like, this model doesn't work. And we we have to figure out something different. Uh, so I'm going to bring up the word geometry right now. So there's a, uh, and some people are like having a, a trigger because they're thinking about proofs from, you know, maybe 10th grade in high school, but there no is, sign. <laughs> there's a geometry of connection and what Julie was speaking about in traditional family engagement. Um, typically, if there's some kind of a meeting, everyone is sitting in rows and the person at the front has all the power. And the person that gets seen the whole time is the person at the front. If you're sitting in a row, nobody sees you except the person at the front because the person beside you is straight beside you. So the geometry of connection is actually a circle because you're equidistant from every from the center of the circle and you can see everyone and you are seen the entire time you're in the circle meeting that need to be seen. So parent camps are always done in circles. Um, so what Julie said is so, so key. It's This is all about power. So in traditional family engagement, there's a huge power differential. And people, if, <laughs> when you don't have power, if you wanna be seen or get your needs met, you have a few choices. Um, you can not show up, you can be present, but not present, or you can get angry and like demand attention. And that's, it, you know, that's what we've been used to because the model that we have a family engagement, if there is a name for it, which people can't name, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help us come together. It sets us up in the, in this, you know, dualism kind of piece. So the parent camp model, um, takes that power differential away. So we're in circles and um, you can go, like we have rooms with topics. Let's say we have a parent camp that has four rooms and the topics are all what people want. We figure that out from the previous parent camp. And um, so you can go where you want, when you want, and you can speak when you want. Now from a traditional model, that would be, you would not wanna let people speak because they're coming from a power differential. 
Like I'm not being seen. And if you let me speak, well, I'm going to get my needs met. Right. And that's what we're kind of used to. And we think, gosh, we don't get along. But in the parent camp model, when you go to the parent camps and people can go where they want, when they want and speak and share their gifts and connect with each other. Like I think the secret, it's not a secret, but it's a secret at the end of a parent camp is that we all actually get along. Like people leave in a parent camp, they leave happy. Many, many needs are met. We ask what universal human needs were met during during the evening or the day. Um, many needs are met and um, people leave happy. Now there's one other piece to the parent camp model that that goes to the holy grail of education, which is collective efficacy. And not, uh, not teacher collective efficacy is the biggest impact on student achievement. And what we're what the parent camp model works on is we have purpose built into the circles. And so there are three purposes and, and those purposes will allow you to collaborate and spiral up into that collective efficacy piece. So we're currently working with a researcher right now. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell, uh, explained very quickly. <laughs> very nice. I like, I like, yeah, I, I completely can see the board meetings that I've been to, whether I was a teacher or as an admin, um, been to one as a parent now. It, it it is very much like you say, and I would and I would say that just by adding round tables to it instead of rows of seating does not does not count as changing it, right? right. Even though right. that's a circle, it doesn't count. Right. No, can't take the easy way out. Like, oh well, we we don't put in rows. We have round tables. That's we're good. No, 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 no. Just doesn't work. Julie, I just there's one more thing, which is the um. So we've the power differential is gone in the design of the parent camp, but the rooms themselves, you're in the circle, but we, um, most of us don't know how to facilitate for connection because we've been used to presenting at people. We have the power, we pace it, we know what's being covered, we know what we're talking about and when people can talk. So we address that and we, we train the facilitators. So anybody that facilitates a circle is trained in how to do it. Because if you don't know how, you can't do it. And you go right back to presenting and which, and then you have a power differential in the rooms. So we've erased it from the, the actual design and then the actual rooms themselves. And what that, what that does is, is you can actually have the same topic in a room multiple times, but because the participants in the room, the people who are there, that out the what's discussed, the um, connections, the conversations are different every single time, which is different than the traditional family engagement or presentations because you're going to hear the same and see the same slide deck every single time. You don't have that in a parent camp because all the variables end up changing every time, even though the topic might be the same. Yeah. And I would imagine it's because you're splitting folks up into smaller groups voices are more apt to be shared because you you know if you get a large group typically you're gonna have those dominant folks who that will share and then you get the ones that are kind of like okay that's not me so i'm just gonna kind of sit back and complain to somebody else about it later down the road all right uh yeah that happens a lot of times um so a part of our facilitator training is is we actually give tools to the facilitators to kind of help with that part because we want all voices mm -hmm. out in within the circle. So everybody feels seen, heard and valued. Um, and I was going to say something else and I lost track <laughs> of what I was going to say. 
<laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll jump in on that. The facility, the biggest uh, ch um, facilitator challenge uh, in parent camp circles is not people getting angry or combative at each other. It's uh, the floodgates open. You feel seen, heard and valued. And all of a sudden, like you're just sharing and it just doesn't stop. <laughs> so that's the that's the one thing. And we actually address that at the beginning of every parent camp and let them know that your facilitators, you know, might toss what you're talking about back into the circle as a, an equity of time piece. So I don't know if you have an answer for this, but because um, I'm, I'm intrigued, I'm happy to hear that the that, and that, that negative engagement, that uh, confrontation is not part of it anymore. So what what do you attribute? Because the comp the to the topics are the same, the people are the same, but you've changed the environment enough. Is it just the environment that causes just the confrontation just to kind of dissipate, or what what's been the what's the secret sauce? If you can share that, I think it's the one. It's the design of the circle is because every it, um, it's like the rooms self regulate each other. Because one person when you're facing each other, everybody has is seeing eye to eye. It makes it much less likely for somebody to go off on a vent in a tangent. They'll change their tone because they don't want to be attacked because everybody's there to be supportive. And so it's we've we've had multiple situations. Laura and I can tell you so many stories of people that were if we're having a parent camp and somebody walks in the door and they're like, Oh no, it's that person. This is not gonna go well. Yeah. And by the end, the person has completely flipped. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're happy. And so it's in in the structure where it's really us as human beings not being told what to do, where we have that power. We're accessing our own power of, I can go to, if there's four rooms, I can go to four rooms. That's up to me. Um, if I want to talk, I can't. If I don't want to talk and I just want to sit and listen, I can do that too. Um, it really puts the power and the control back in the individual. And I think that's what happens a lot of times when people start um, being more adversarial is because they don't have control of them, of the things that are affecting them. And that brings that adversarialness out in all of us. Very nice. That makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I love it. I love it. So if, since I love it, if I'm a superintendent or maybe I'm a parent, I, well, I am a parent. Uh, and I think our district needs it. How, how does, what's the process in that? How does this all happen? How do I get a parent cap? So typically what somebody does is they reach out to either Laura or I, and then we usually schedule a, a Zoom meeting to give kind of an overview. The other thing we do is we, we really like to invite people to our national virtual parent camp, which is every other Wednesday night. And we call that our model classroom because it's hard for people to, really understand what it is until you experience it. And so we provide those opportunities for people to actually experience it. The other thing is, is it's created a place for people actually globally to connect and support each other. So we've been, we've flipped to a virtual model on our national um, virtual parent camp right when COVID happened. It was like within a couple of weeks, we're like, Laura, we, we need to do something. People are feeling isolated. We, we have, something that's going to help people get through this COVID. Um, and since that time, we've had people from 48 states and territories and seven countries join us on the national one. And what's beautiful is, is no matter where you live, everybody realizes I'm not alone. 
everybody else is going through the same thing. And that just immediately makes connections for people. Something really, really deep about that. Yeah. 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 So they'll reach out to us. We'll do like a kind of an introductory meeting. um, And then we'll start moving along a path where we'll um, guide the, the, the schools or the districts and create and forming a parent camp team. Then they go through a day long training or we split over two days. And then what's unique about us is um, once we start working with a district, they actually are assigned a coach to work with them for an entire 12 months. So this isn't training where we go in, we do it, and we say bye. We are there with you, and we like to become ingrained in a part of the community. So uh, we work with Gary Public Schools a lot. I'm up there at least twice a month. I'm going to rotary meetings in their community. I'm helping pull community people in. I've be, now have become friends with a lot of the principals. We want to become whoever the coach is, is going to become part of that community and integrated into that school community because we're not just going to train you and walk away. We want this to be a sustainable model for everybody because we know it's just good for everybody in all of our school communities. Right. Yeah. So when you say they, it's a district that contacts you, not a parent, right? Um, sometimes we'll have parents contact us, but the, the contracts are through the schools, the districts, or it could be state level. We work with state department of eds too. So we have contracts with like Delaware department of ed who has the money. And then we go in and, and train and work with the schools. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. So now that I know kind of like the process, how do how do I know if I need it? If I'm a district, how do how do I know if that parent camp would benefit our community or that's that's something that we're really missing? You know, the the, the thing that we we feel um, through our experience in teaching and through the other side, the parent side, the thing that that we want flowing between family, school, and community, and parent camp is family, school, community engagement. The thing that we want flowing through is trust. We want trust flowing through. And when we trust people, like we have a bigger network to reach out to and to talk with. But the the only way to build trust truly is relationally. You, you can build a little trust through email, but you don't get the vocal tone. You don't get the connection. You don't be, you're not seen. You're not getting any needs met. So to build trust, which is what we all need to do. Kids need adults connected in trust. We have to do it relationally. And we can do it virtually as well, but that's still relationally. We're still in groups. We're talking. Um, so we need, we, it's, uh, it's upon the adults to set this up, to provide the space and the time to, to build that relational trust between the adults. Yeah. And other, so other things like schools and districts can look at is, is, what kind of participation are you getting from parents in any activities you're trying to do with them? If they're not showing up, then you're not meeting their needs. And this is something you need to try. If there's um, a lack of trust in the community between the school and the parents in the community, this is the great platform to get started on the way to being able to have relations and trust in the community. Um, We've, we've found school districts reach out to us saying, hey, we have great parent engagement, but we want to take things to the next level. Like we have activities, but we're not, we don't have the relationships to be able to tackle some of the harder issues. And so 
they'll engage with us to take their parent engagement to another level. And do you provide resources to help them understand what that could be? Because I, I love the idea that you're collecting that data is obviously going to drive that, right? If, if you understand what what the what the engagement level is, but not only what the engagement level is, what what groups are engaging more than others? I know in the district that I used to work in, we we had high parent engagement, but we were missing uh, the engagement from our transfer students, our, our voluntary transfer students, students from the city of St. Louis. And so we actually, uh, I believe it was at least three times a year, held our meetings at a community college or a church in the city. So that way that group would have a better opportunity to be a part of it. And um, if they didn't collect the data on that stuff, then they wouldn't know. So um, are there resources available to help s- schools to kind of know which data is important to look at? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think a lot of times, so like family engagement mostly is measured in numbers, like number of attendees or um, geographic based or socioeconomic based. And the schools know they're not reaching a lot of them. Um, And because we have worked in so many different school and district type areas, there's things that we have learned. So like, for instance, just in my my own school district, we have a high ELL population. We have 65 languages. We have a large community from the Republic of Congo. So they speak French Lingali. but what I have learned working with them and the Hispanic families, we also have a large Somali population, is you really have to go into their communities, meet them where they're at, but also find who is almost kind of like the uh, the key contact person in that community. A lot of times it might be a, uh, a, like a, a pastor or uh, somebody who's like the head of their church or something and build a relationship with that person. Then once they start vouching for you, then you start finding you're much easier to build relationships within that community and they'll start coming to events. Um, so like we will do parent camps that's just for Spanish speaking uh, families. So all the sessions are, are in Spanish or sometimes a lot of times are we, we work with a company called Translate Live and we have Isla Pro tablets that have translation capabilities. So our national virtual parent camp, we have people can access and I think it's up to 120 languages on that device. And the other thing is, is when we're working with the schools is, okay, let's look at the barriers for somebody to attend. Is it childcare? Is it transportation? Do they need to have meal? Does there need to be homework help? And all of those things we, the, we work on to make sure those barriers are eliminated. So that way people can, can attend. So most of the time our parent camps include a meal, include childcare, um, can include interpreters if the different languages are needed. Um, we haven't had too many of them that have had that transportation issue. Um, but they, I, there are um, school districts that will send buses out to certain areas to, to bring people in um, or to bring parents in to be able to, uh, to attend. Um, we've got one that's, that's coming up in, April that they're going to have a homework help room. So that way the parents can enjoy the night. They don't have to worry about rushing home to get homework done. So Mm -hmm. it's whatever it's plus you have to look at the different times of days and days of weeks and what works for the families, not necessarily that works the easiest for the educator. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. We did 
offer transportation. We also offer daycare or child care and, and um, uh, food as well. We always typically a meal because mm-hmm. timing is always difficult to, to come across and whatnot. So, all right, well, that's, that's good stuff. So if if you had to pick one, and I know you're going to have to be hard, what's a success story that you want to share with, with the audience? Just one. And not saying it's the best one. Maybe it's the one that just comes to your mind first. I'll start. Um, okay. we had, I had a parent camp in uh, Missouri, and the the team is usually about eight people. It's made up of family, school, and community. So we usually have like two community, um, two parents or three, and three or four educators. Um, so the team, you know, we trained, and then we were working on the parent camp, and you know, the team was saying we have. Um, 15 families that speak Spanish and they don't speak English. And how can we get them to come? You know, what can we do? So one person on the team, she actually speaks Spanish. She was, uh, she grew up in Argentina. So um, she called all 15 families and explained what parent camp was, um, how, how, you know, what their role would be, what they would be able to do, what they would experience and just encourage them to come because there would be a room that was in Spanish. There was a, she would be leading, facilitating. And she texted them at the end, like she, she put in a lot of time to it. Um, and if she hadn't been on the team, this wouldn't have happened, right? So anyway, three families came and went to her room, which was in Spanish. And um, so that was huge. That was a wonderful. And the school district did a video on it and they interviewed them and they had the English you know, subtitles. Um, but the story that came out of that, I think, has a lesson for everybody. And it speaks back to the Isla Pro tablets that Julie brought up just a little bit ago. So the families were sharing with the facilitator that their hearts hurt because they can't come to the school and know that they can communicate with someone. Maybe an interpreter will be there. They can't call and know that it can be interpreted. And so they they... They want desperately to know what's going on. They want to talk to a counselor. They want to talk to the teacher, but they can't. And it was, you know, it really opened my eyes. And my my daughter works at a hospital, pediatric hospital. And she said, you know, I, I was just sharing with that, that with her. And she said, mom, why don't schools have like, they have tablets in hospitals that are kind of like the Isla Pro. She goes, mom, somebody comes in. They speak a different language. We push the buttons and then we talk to each other and it translates it, you know, audio or text. And we can talk to anybody anytime. And I said, I don't know why they're not in schools. They should be in every school. And um, um, I don't, Julie, do you want to share about your district and what they do with those tablets? Yeah. So part of our our ESSER fund usage, which I think is a fantastic use of them, is uh, we put in all of our front offices of our schools and our HR and our transportation department, one of these Isla Pro tablets. And every Isla Pro tablet has a QR code attached to it. So no matter where someone is at, as long as they had scanned this QR code once, they could talk directly to that tablet. And it talks you can talk or listen in, in the, your own language so we've even put the qr codes for the transportation bus the department on the outside of all the buses so if somebody who doesn't speak english and their child hasn't come home they can call directly into the transportation department so you know we, we've been sharing that information for that company around all the different parent camps because it's a need that every single school district has 
And we use it at our parent camps. We use it, we put the QR code up. And then when we speak in the main room, anybody can put in their AirPods and listen in their own language. Hey, it sounds like I just went to, um, uh, what what's that, the uh, United United Nations in New York City, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. That yeah, is exactly what it's like. Yes. Yeah, you, you, see, you see it with, with their headphones on, they're all speaking. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's right, awesome. Right. That's yeah. amazing. So, um, Julia, you want, I, I want to I, I want to comment on that, but I'm going to wait for Julia. Julia, you want to share? Or is that kind of your success story too? Since you brought it in, or you got a different one? Oh my! Oh my gosh! There's there's just so many of them to choose from. Um, one of my favorite ones is we. So we have parent camp, but we also have different models that it can be used differently. So, like we've done industry camps there in, in Kansas City with the digital media industry, but we also do career camps. And so we did uh, one here in, in our region that was around college and careers. Uh, it was geared towards middle and high school students. And it was a virtual event. It was back during COVID. So we had this one parent from another county attend. And she and we had like 20 rooms. This was a big parent camp. And she went and bounced around to different rooms. She, her, she never went to college. She wanted her son to go to college, but had no idea where to start like with FAFSA or scholarships or, you know, just no idea. So she went to a number of different ones and she left this message afterwards. And it's one of our favorite things. And we play it a lot is that she had no idea where to start. She was desperate and she just is so thankful for going. Well, the other day she posted that her son not only is going to college, but got a full ride to her, to the college and got into the honors college. And she said, Julie, without going to that parent camp, I would have had no idea what to do and how to direct him. That's awesome. That's a pretty good one to choose. And it wasn't yeah. a room that was just a um, information room. Like it was dialogue room about it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I ooh, not a whole lot to say about that other than that's awesome. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I did that want to makes comment. us feel good when it when it's changed yeah. a child's life. I can only imagine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's awesome. That's every teacher's dream is to hear mm-hmm. stories. That I can only imagine. Yeah, as well for you, for you guys as the organization for leaders on that. So, all right. So, Julie, your your or I'm sorry, Laura, your your story kind of actually dovetails next into this next part here. Um, you guys are going to come to the Innovate Conference here next month. And at the Innovate Conference, one of our keynote speakers is going to be William Martinez. Yeah. And he is an entertainer about uh, the importance of including sign language in everything you do. And he talks about his story of how his family struggled because signing wasn't known well in, in schools and stuff like that. So um, he's going to share a story and it's going to be amazing. And I think that's going to play right into kind of some of the things you guys are going through, you guys could do every day. Um, so talk about a little bit, a little bit about what people are going to experience at Innovate in your parent camp session. You guys got 60 minutes. What's, what, what's the feel going to be like in there? Well, it's going to be a parent camp circle. We're going to be in a circle and we're going to facilitate dialogue with, it's going to be, um, connection based and where everybody's voice is at the table. You know, even though there won't be a table because we don't, it's just chairs in a circle. Um, but we're going to talk about ways to build relational trust 
with your families. Because when you build that trust and those connections, we're not alone and we're much more likely to reach out to the school or much. And then our kids copy us as parents, they copy our emotions. And if I'm excited about school and I know people, then they're going to be like, oh, oh, you know, it, it just changes things. So, you know, we will have a few things that we share throughout, but it will be different. It won't be a, it won't be a presentation. This is going to be a live, like um, we're going to be dialoguing about how to, ways to build relational trust. And we're going to hear some great examples from schools across the nation that are whoever's represented in that circle. Yeah, it's so funny when we do this at a at a, a conference because people will walk out of our session saying, we don't want to go back to these regular sessions where the rooms are set up lecture style. And we're like, <laughs> we don't want to either. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I can't wait to have you guys there. I'm excited. Uh, as we close out this episode, is there anything you want to add about whether it's Paracamp or anything else that we may have missed um, before we close it? I would like to say, so when we say parent camp, we're not talking about the noun parent. We are talking the verb. Um, so anybody, everybody's actually a parent. You don't have to have kids. People are watching everything you, we do. <laughs> and, you know, so we, and then we help people. We're parenting. So parent camp is about everyone coming together and, and being able to connect, strengthen, or collaborate for our kids. I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to thank you two for taking the time to uh, be on our show and share your awesomeness with parent camp and everything you guys are doing for schools across the, the world um, for sure. And uh, I, I can't wait to see you guys in person in six weeks. So if you are not doing anything, March 29th, or even if you are doing something, cancel it and come to this one instead. It's in St. <laughs> Louis. It's at the cool place called the Armory SDL. Uh, Laura and Julie, thank you very much for taking your time and sharing with us today. It's been great to have you. Oh, thank you. This thank you, Jonathan. You're very welcome. Wow, what a fantastic conversation. Huge shout out again to Julie Pyle and Laura Gilchrist for sitting down with me and telling me all about the parent camp model. I cannot wait to see them in person and see the circle in person at Innovate 23 coming up on March 29th. If you are not there, you should be there. If you have not registered, go to edplus.org and check it out. All the sessions are up there. It's going to be a wonderful event. Uh, great experiences, great conversations, and resources to take back to your school. So um, you definitely should come and be a part of this experience. Awesome venue, awesome people, fantastic time. So come be a part of that. Uh, again, if you want to connect with us on social media, hook us up at Show Me Edu, Show Me Education. You can also find the show notes in your podcast feed or by going to bit.ly slash Show Me Edu. Again, I'm Jonathan Lee, and you can connect with me at jleetechpercent. I'm excited to uh, bring content to you, hopefully on a more regular basis. Again, we will see if you have a topic that you would like to learn more about, or maybe you want to share on our next episode. Reach out to us. You can connect with us on our website. There's many different uh, forms for you to do so, whether it's Voxer, whether it is SpeakPipe, or anything else. So connect with us and... And uh, share your awesomeness. 
because that is really our goal for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I know you have a lot of things going on. Teachers in education just aren't appreciated enough, and we appreciate you. We appreciate your time and learning with us. Greatly appreciate that. And until our next episode, keep up the great work.